Sports. Welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. My name is Greg Davis, former NCAA Division I athlete, and the goal of this podcast is to shed light on the harsh realities of life after sports. My guest today is former collegiate soccer player Adriano Gabriel. Adriano played his collegiate years at Seton Hall University, playing a pivotal role on and off the field, being named a Big East Academic All-Star his junior season. And ESPN Rise Boys Soccer third team All American Adriano was named to the NSCAA Adidas High School Boys All Region 2 team, as well as the All State third team by the New York State Soccer Writers Association. He led St. John's the Baptist High School to the Nassau Suffolk Catholic High School Athletic Association semifinals and was named the league most valuable player. Adriano has held coaching positions at both the high school and collegiate level and has vast experience in the information technology and services industry. Adriano, welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. Thank you very much for having me here. Uh, I'm stoked to talk about this topic. I think it's an important topic uh, to bring light to. And uh, yeah, man, just, just stoked to have this conversation for sure. Definitely, definitely, man. And Adriano and I were, were catching up before before we started recording, man. I haven't, you know, he says it's probably been about 15 years since we last connected. Gotta be. Uh, Gotta be. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Adriano's a, you know, a Long Island guy. Shout out North Babylon. Um, you know, I mentioned yep. uh, St. John the Baptist High School, which I knew pretty well growing up. But but we just, you know, even though Adriano was, he's, he was born in 1990, you know, so he's, he was considered two years. We always go by years in soccer, by the way. That's how yeah. we knew. Like, we were, like yeah. you're a 91, you're a 92, 93, you're a 90, yeah. yep. you're 89, right? It was just state ball that did that. Yeah, though. yeah, exactly. didn't do that, but we went by state ball, and then that was, that was like the criteria for, you know, soccer players that, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. My wife still finds it hilarious that I'm like, no, he was a 90, so I didn't know him that much. She's like, what do you mean a 90? I'm like, you don't get it. You don't get it. So, yeah, technically speaking, you know, uh, two two years older, you know, by by the year. So, but, you know, we, we knew a lot of the, the, the same players. And, and oh, yeah. Adriano was, you know, an, another uh, BW Gachi guy, club team that I played for. He played for that team growing up as well. So it was just nice just, just kind of catching up a little bit because it's, uh, man, it's been, it's been so long <laughs> yeah yeah and uh one thing that i remember and i i know that we can both connect on was the fact that both of our dads were our coach you know at that's, the younger years you know so yes. like that's something we share in common that i feel like obviously you know not a lot of people have out of a, of a 20-man roster there's only one person whose dad is a coach if that yeah, 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 and and I've had you know at this point I've had a, a few, or yeah I've, I've had a few people on on my uh, on on the show that that's that that their dads were coaches right and and it's always like I mean you know you always remember that the dad son combo that was like a that was like a lethal combo growing yeah, up because like yeah. for the yeah. most part generally speaking the you know the 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 son was was one of the better players if not the best player on the team generally yeah. speaking when that was the case and the dad was always you know always someone that's that people knew like i so so glad you brought that up because i almost forgot but yeah i think i remember your dad well i'm, I'm trying to picture him right my now. Dad. a lot of people remember <laughs> my father uh he's a, he's a good dude and he honestly he he's a great coach he taught me a lot about the game uh he taught me how to see the game differently than than other coaches and, and to me that I think that is one of the major reasons for any of the successes that I've had in soccer you know so yeah yeah I, no, I, credit, I do credit a lot to him um so 
yeah, kudos to my pops for sure. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's it's a special bond. I remember we had a big celebration, like family celebration, for my dad's sixtieth birthday, which at this point was about five years ago. And oh wow! And I, I have two siblings. I have an older brother, older sisters. So I'm the youngest, but um, so we all went up there and, and and said a few things about our dad, gave a little speech, and. And honestly, like all I could even keep bringing it back to was just like our soccer trips. And I honestly felt bad at some point. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I just have another soccer story. Oh, yeah, I guess like, oh, yeah, another soccer story. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, did I? But like it was like through those, you know, through those soccer stories and those soccer tournaments, those journeys that, that like that's that's how I got to know him. Right. So like, you know, it was just uh, that's the only thing I could talk about, because every weekend we were together, you know, doing something with soccer. So. <laughs> Yeah, dude, a hell of a commitment from both of our dads to, yeah. to be there every step of the way. So. Yeah, 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 man. Listen, so um, listen, let's get let's get right into it. So why don't you why don't you tell me a little bit about um, how you got into how you got into soccer and what initiated your love for the sport? Sure. So uh, how I got into soccer, I probably started playing the game as early as I could walk. Um, like I said, my, my dad was, was always involved. So my dad put a soccer ball in front of my feet, probably, you know, before I can even remember. And, um, yeah, I, I playing the game from three, four years old. I remember playing grasshopper young leagues and, uh, scoring a bunch of goals. And my dad at that moment probably was like, you know what, you know, he's probably got something in the tank, you know, that could probably take him for the long haul of this game. And, um, yeah, I mean, in regards to me to me falling in love with the game, uh, that probably came a lot later. Uh, probably when I was like 12, 13, when I really started to, to fall in love with the game. Uh, successes at a little bit of a higher level than club and and all of that stuff. So, nice, yeah, for nice. sure. Nice. And you mentioned you mentioned grasshopper leagues. Is that is that just another term for like peewee? Like you say like peewee yeah, soccer? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's okay. What, that's what North Babylon called <laughs> peewee soccer. It was like grasshopper, peewee bantam. And, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, oh, interesting. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So like when I was six years old, I was playing with like the, the eight, nine year old kids and and uh yeah, my dad my dad was not the coach of me then. And um yeah, it was fun. And, and like I had like kids and because like, you go to school with these kids right so like in middle school i was in sixth grade these kids were like eighth grade and they're yeah. like dude i remember you from from peewee from bantam and you would score goals all the time and i was like i don't <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't i don't i don't remember i'm so sorry i barely have memories from them to be honest yeah yeah nice 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 bringing in that that long island sweat uh slang there the the, the uh, grasshopper <laughs> bantam yep, i'm learning yep. new things here and what was um you know, what, what do you think was your, if you could point to one moment that kind of stands out to you as like your most favorite childhood sports memory, um, looking back at it, what, what do you think you would point to? Oh man, I got a couple, to be honest, I'd like to talk about a couple of them. Um, one of like the, the, the state cup then, and I remember I, I listened to the podcast that you had with, with Ty and, and Dom as well. And they, they both brought up state cups and like winning the state cup was like a big thing. It was like the thing um, and uh, winning, winning two state cups at a younger age. Th those were big um, and probably making the, the, the regional team at when the national pool was not there. So we were like 12. Um, we made like the, you know, making the regional team and being a part of that. My, my coach then was Dieter Ficken. I don't know if that oh, name rings yeah, a bell. Absolutely. That was yeah. my coach at Gachi for two years. Yeah. Dieter. Dieter, Dieter was uh, an, an awesome guy and uh, 
a really big advocate for me and my game. And, and he helped at that young age push me um, to, to keep chasing bigger things. And yeah, making the regional team and, and being successful there. And then at 12, going to a tournament in Italy, actually. Uh, we went with the Metro Stars and Metro Stars fielded a little team. It was made up of a lot of 1990s state guys that at the time. So m- me, it was Yannick Salmon, Matt Uwe, Kevin Garcia, um, man, I, Chris Aleshi. There was a bunch of dudes that we went. And um, I actually, you know, playing against AC Milan in the tournament, they had playing against their youth team. And uh, there was another game that we played against uh, Cittadella, I believe the team name was. And I actually had MVP of that game. We won that game four to one and getting MVP of that game. That's probably one of my better youth memories for sure. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you're you're one of one of a few actually that, that talked about maybe going to Italy or, or going just abroad, going somewhere in Europe. And and I'm always jealous. I'm just I never had that opportunity. You're talking about playing the AC U team like that's incredible. One thing also that I was I just kind of came about this. You may not even remember this, but I was like, I have to ask uh, John about this. <laughs> go ahead, um, go ahead. There was something where I was just kind of looking up, like uh, just digging up info about you that um, this was maybe in high school. There was some sort of like all-star game and it was like it may have been like connecticut and new york versus like it was. New jersey and yep. maryland and yep. this was, i, I remember it was that play- i don't know if it was played at st john's university i might be making that up no um, it was played at um i think it was played at the uh, either the metro star stadium or oh, the fox yeah. or foxborough i don't okay. remember if it was foxborough okay like, gotcha the, of the new gotcha. england patriots actually it might have been there Gotcha. I just remember reading. I was like, man, I just got to ask because I mean, of course, that's the like the most like American thing, right? It's just like an all star game, like two states versus two states. And and I just but I was looking at the rosters, especially for New York. And I was like, man, y'all had a team. But I just that was the first I ever heard of that because I don't remember, at least when I was growing up, any sort of like all star game between like two states and two states. So I was like, who, who came up with this? Yeah, I think they might have did it like my my year and then one more year. I think they only did it twice. They tried okay. to do it for like exposure. We were relatively young. I think it was ninth, tenth grade, if I'm if I remember correctly, or tenth, eleventh grade. Um, yeah. And dude, it was such a cool experience. They gave us some cool stuff, gear, all that stuff, similar to like ESP camp where they would give you so much free gear. You know what I mean? It, it was cool. It was a really cool experience. A lot of college coaches there and. Yeah, it was nice. cool, man. It was a fun nice. time, for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, and you know, what you kind of mentioned, you know, something that, that, that caught my attention was that you got you kind of got serious about soccer at the age of, like, 12, right? So, you know, was it at that point where you established whatever it was that you're – what you wanted to accomplish with soccer in the future? You know, what was your, your dream and what, what you did want to accomplish? Uh, yeah, so probably, yeah, around that time, between 10 and 12 – I was taking things pretty serious. Um, 10, I was still playing for North Babylon Vipers at the time. That was the team name. Shout out North Babylon Vipers. <laughs> we were goaded. I'm not kidding. We won. We remember playing 33 tournaments in a calendar year. 30 tournaments were first place. Two were wow. third place. And one we didn't win. That like didn't get top three. So shout out that team. They were goats. Um, yeah, around that time was probably when I got started getting serious. And uh, the dream was always to, to play professionally. I, I was a, I'm a dual citizen, so I have an Italian passport. I have an American passport and both of my parents are immigrants from Italy. 
So the, the goal was established from a very young age. You know, the Italian national team is priority number one. If that doesn't work out, the United <laughs> States national team is number two. So, yeah, that, that was uh, that was always the goal, man. I, I always would love to represent, you know, country. And, and I always wanted to play for AC Milan. That's my favorite team. Uh, still is my favorite team. Red and black till I die. Nice. Yeah, those those were the goals. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, kind of kind of looking back at it, um, you know, obviously, you know, high goals and, and and why not, right? I mean, I always wanted to be like the best player in the world. So um, right, of course. <laughs> looking back at it, you know, how how do you how I guess how realistic do you think this 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 dream was? Just kind of looking back at it and at that point in time, you know, when you when you were kind of, you know, kind of I guess setting up yourself for for possible success, you know, how realistic do you think that was? Yeah, so you know, when I was 12, you know, you're a kid, you, you think anything's attainable, you have people telling you to chase your dreams, and, and that's all you ever wanted to do. There was never really a backup plan. There was, you know, it was always, you know, soccer bust kind of that. And, and my, my full commitment was towards that. So I think probably around the age of, I want to say 15, 16 was when I started to really hit my first rough patch and started really, you know, contemplating the idea of playing soccer. And I was just like, you know, like maybe this, maybe this isn't for me. Uh, I went through a really bad rough patch. Uh, I was able to snap out of it. I was able to, you know, to overcome a lot of adversity at that time. Um, and, and, and then at that point it was always, you know, let's, let's go pro. Like we we can do this. We can do this. We have a shot. Let, let's really try to, to buckle down and do this. Because at 15 years old, I went over to Italy, uh, played in, uh, played at, at a soccer school over in Italy, searching for a contract. Um, I went there without the intention of coming back at 12 years old. After that tournament that I played in in Italy, uh, I actually got invited back to try out with a team called with Padova, which is you know Padova is a city in Italy. Um, so I had that opportunity in which I had made the team. I only found this out recently. My parents kept this a secret for me. Um, I found out that I had actually made the team and I was good enough to be there, but they they elected to not keep me because uh, if I would have went, my father would have went with me, but my mother and my brother would have stayed home and it would have split up my family. And I knew that that, that was a opportunity, but they didn't want to do that to a 12 year old kid. You know, they they said, like, let's revisit this in a few years. And, and I went back and, and played and then got injured, had to come back. And then at 17, 18, I went back there to Italy to play in a couple tournaments, played in, in a tournament with uh, Mario Balotelli and a bunch of other like big name guys. And it's actually pretty funny. Mario Balotelli, I'll never forget it. He scored two goals in one of the games in the tournament, got called up the next day to go play with Inter for the Coppa Italia, scored a goal for Inter in the Coppa Italia. They sent him back down. And then ended up scoring the you know two goals to win the win another game in the tournament, um, and obviously the dude's a legend. He's an incredible soccer player in my eyes, and yeah. So I I think to to not go on a full tangent here, but it probably at sixteen seventeen was when I really started questioning it and really brought my goals back down to to what I thought were still attainable at yeah. the time. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, listen. Firstly, that's that's amazing. Like playing in a tournament with Mario Balotelli, like you said. Yeah. Um, I mean, the guy is uh, guy's a legend, right? For for various reasons, for various reasons. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so bad, shout out, <laughs> <laughs> shout out, shout out, uh, Super Mario there. And 
yeah, I guess, you know, you kind of mentioned that, that it was, you know, maybe around, you know, maybe around like 17, 18, I think you said where, where, uh, you know, maybe your goals shifted a little bit, you know, where it was just like, okay, you know, maybe not the, you know, the AC Milan and, and, and things like that and the Italian national team, but possibly, you know, go pro. That's, that's the goal, go pro. And then, you know, you, you obviously went down the, the right avenue in terms of, you know, you went to uh, Seton Hall University, Big East, Division One soccer. So was there, was there a specific moment when, when you realized, you know, that, that your playing days um, all in all would, would, would kind of come to an end? Was there, was there a certain moment that, that you look back on where you were like, yeah, this is, you know, this isn't going to work out the way I planned it? Um, yeah, uh, I think they, I think it was actually a culmination of different moments. Uh, it was probably around two or three of them, but it all happened towards the latter end of my college career. Um, I went to Seton Hall university to go play for Manfred Shellshite. shout out to Manfred. Uh, one of the better coaches I've ever had, uh, really, you know, just an absolute student of the game and tried his absolute hardest to relay that message to to us kids. And, you know, sometimes it fell on deaf ears. Some, you know, most of the times if, if we were in tune with it, it did not, but probably towards the latter end, uh, I, I was getting hurt a lot in college and uh, my body was, was kind of breaking down towards the end of college, junior, senior year. I had a, a couple of big muscle pulls and, and uh, senior year of college playing at Seton Hall at that time, Jerson Echeverry was my coach. Um, but I had hurt myself and like, the third game of the season in my senior year. And uh, it was a muscle pull, a pretty bad one in my quad and playing. And, and I, I, tra- I remember training like every day to come back. And I just remember not feeling much better day in and day out and going to the trainers and then having, you know, coaches, you know, the coaches come to me and saying like, Hey, like we, we need you to come back. We need you to come back. We need you to come back. Like, you know, get there. You know, like, do whatever you can. And I remember, you know, pushing myself in, in training and then uh, and ended up like getting a, getting, making it worse, almost tearing it, uh, if not tearing it. And then remembering that my season was done and I'd played just enough games to not redshirt. So it was, it was kind of like a, a broken down season for me. And, but even after, even after that moment, even when, after I, I, I tore, you know, I, I quote unquote tore my quad, Jerson and the assistant coach, Vinny, uh, Vinny Marco Trigiano, came to me and said, hey, we have a trial for you with the New England Revolution. We know you were hurt and couldn't attend the combine. Uh, you know, We wanted to send you to the combine, uh, but we have a trial with you with the New England Revolution. It's going to be in December. And mind you, I had gotten hurt in you know towards the latter end of September. So I had about three months to get healthy and I, I had hurt myself again back in October. And that was really when like, I was like, man, you know, I'm going to need two to three months to get back. And the most pivotal moment and probably one of my biggest regrets about the game and why, why it haunts me is because I'll never forget it. Walking into my coach's office late November saying to, to Jerson, like, Hey, you know, as much as I want to go to this camp and, and prove that, that I, I can do this, and and be and, and be that guy who who gets out of this program and makes it to that next level. I don't think I'm gonna be healthy and in fit in time. And I looked him straight in the face and I said, I don't want to ruin the opportunity for the kids who are coming up beyond me 
to to not become a pro because you recommended somebody who showed up on fit. Yeah. Yeah. And that that I was a regret that I'll have forever. Yeah. Yeah. No, listen, I, I, I appreciate you, you being so honest there. And, um, you know, even, even just, just the fact that, you know, cause most people that you, you talked about your injuries throughout college and, and the broken seasons and those, those, those injuries are so tough, especially in college, because, you know, the season is only what three months if, if you're lucky. Yeah. Right. I mean, and so if you're, if you're injured and you're missing out, then, I mean, most teams are playing about 17, 18 games. So you miss a few of those and it's just, it's just, it, that's, that's life. That could be life changing. And, and especially the, you mentioned the red shirt, missing out on that, right? Cause that, that gives you a whole nother year. And, and that happened with me as well. I remember I was injured my junior year, just couldn't resist staying on the bench and, and hopped in the game and, you know, just kind of ruined my, what could have been a red shirt season, which was ended up being a wasted season in my opinion. So um, I definitely, I definitely feel that, you know, what, I guess, I guess, you know, do you, and, and you mentioned that that's, that's kind of one of the, you know, the, the biggest regrets that, that you do have and, and just kind of, you know, getting into that maybe a little bit deeper, you know, why is it that you necessarily kind of, or yeah, I guess, why is it that you necessarily kind of blame yourself for that, that moment in particular, or, or, or maybe not blame yourself, maybe that's a little harsh, but why is it that, that you regret that, that moment, you know, kind of in, in particular, because, you know, and in, in my view, and I'm listening to it, I was like, you know, listen, you, it sounded like it was a bit of a stretch, you know, you weren't really fit, you know, and you didn't want to go there and, and again, put on a bad showing for, for someone that, that recommended you, right, or, or just, put on a showing where you don't feel a hundred percent where you know you could have done better. So I guess in your own words, you know, why, why is that one of your biggest regrets? To put it as bluntly as I can, uh, cause it's an opportunity that I'll never get back. Mm. Um, it, it, it was a one-time chance and, and I elected to, uh, not give myself that chance. You know, the, the, it was my decision to, to say no. Mm. It was my decision to say yes or no. And I, I said, you know, I don't feel confident. And granted, like in that moment, I have to, I have to, you know, hindsight being 2020. And now that I've gotten much older and I, and I respect the decisions that I've made because any decision that I would have made would not have gotten me to this exact point where I am right now. So, um, yeah, le- I learned from that, but you know, I can't, I have to respect the way that I felt in that moment. And, say, you know what, I made the right decision for me. I know that there was an opportunity for me to get even more hurt. There was an opportunity for me to to not put on a good showing, to to ruin my coach's name who went to bat for me and, you know, somebody who knew what I was capable of. And I said, you know what, let me take take a little bit of time. I'll play. I'll still play. I'm not going to stop playing. Um, and I played for, you know, the Long Island Rough Riders. I played for the Greek Americans. I played for, you know, semi-pro and, and you know, low low level pro not like usl or anything like that and uh yeah that 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 was that's probably why i regret it the most is because it was it was my decision and i didn't take the chance on me i didn't bet on myself yeah listen that's honest that's honest and and there's still even even myself there's still a few decisions that that still kind of stick with me to this day where um you know it's it's still a little painful just thinking like did i did i do the right thing here right um so you know once i guess you know just just taking that that factor um, into consideration, um, that moment, and and I guess you know once you officially hung up the boots and and, and said you know I'm I'm not playing you know um, taking all of that into account you know what was what was that whole period like for you uh, that just that original transition process outside of sport? Uh, it was difficult. Uh, it was very difficult to come to grips with um, saying hey you know what 
this dream that I had since uh, as long as I can remember, it's behind. It's got to be behind me now. And that that was kind of the mentality I think I had going into it. Is like I didn't have an option to to keep chasing it. I said it, it's either sink or swim. You know what I mean? I got to find a way to to make a living. I got to find a way to to make a life for myself outside of the game, because you know the game has given me you know whatever it's given me, all the memories, uh, two time national champion. I, I was able to accomplish things that that you know. Some people have never done, and and I have to say to myself and say, hey, listen, you know, you didn't get to where you wanted to, but you definitely succeeded in some aspects, and you you definitely you know m- made a mark on on you know y- your time playing, and and there's no there's nothing to feel bad about, there's nothing to regret about with the time with the game, and and that's that's what I had to tell myself uh, to get past that. But I- I'll tell you what, man, those first two years. First two to three years, actually, from I think it was probably like 25, 24, 25 to 26, 27, 28 was was brutal, man. It was brutal for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I think those are those are some of the toughest years. And and I think I think not even just for, for athletes, but I just think, you know, students coming out of college, right? It's just like, you know, yeah, uh, you're still trying to figure things out. Now you're making money on your own and a little bit more independent and life just kind of hits you. So that, that kind of, you know, cliche quarter life crisis type of thing, um, hits, yep. hits a lot of people around that age. So, and you mentioned, you know, kind of maybe different ways that, that, that you were able to cope with it. And, and to me, it seems like it was a lot of just like, you know, positive self-talk and, and maybe just thinking about being grateful for the things that, that you did have. Right. And, and I'm sure it took you some, some time to, to, to start, thinking about things that way in such a positive light. But what do you think is, if you can point to like one biggest lesson that you've learned from the transition process outside of sport, what do you think that one lesson is? Uh, in regards to like what, what the game has taught me or what that, tra- like what that transition period has taught me. Yeah. I would say more, more about what that transition period has, has taught you. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, the biggest thing is probably to, not doubt your capabilities and don't doubt your ability to reinvent yourself. Uh, you're a human being, you have a brain, you have your own thoughts and you're able to, to accomplish things, you know, inside of sport and outside of sport and finding ways to transition out of the game and using the things that the game has taught you, you know, like when you're on the field, you're, you're critically thinking, 24 seven, you know what I mean? For 90 minutes straight, you're, you're calculating, you know, is this, is this gap good enough for me to make a pass through? Am I going to be able to get this ball over the top without the goalie reaching into it? Is my forward fast enough? Is my outside midfielder fast enough for this pass? Am I going to catch this guy? Because I'm a slow person. You know what I mean? I, I was slow on the field. Am I going to catch this guy? So critically thinking and teaching yourself to, to refine that skill of, of thinking critically and, and all of the attributes of being creative and, and, and finding ways to apply that to a new career, something that could have nothing to do with sports. So, uh, and that's what um, I spent a lot of time focusing on. And that's the one thing that I, that taught, you know, that that transition period taught me was kind of how to take those skills and apply them to things outside of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, I just got to touch on, I, I love that, that, that critical thinking that you pointed to it. And, and I was just, you know, I was, as you were saying those things, I was just kind of envisioning. Right. And, and we didn't even listen, I didn't even touch on like, uh, like how 
good of a player you were. Like, let's just touch on that. I still remember you. Like, even when you hit me up to do the podcast, I was like, I was like, bro, man, like killer lefty. Like, still remember you. Like in the midfield, like back to me. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, yeah, I I said that. I was like, man, of course. He's like, he's like, do you remember me? I was like, bro, of course, killer lefty. And uh, (laughs) I still remember. I mean, again, you were, you know, one of those one of those midfielders again that that just like. Like you said, I, I don't remember you being like the fastest, most athletic, and and I but you, absolutely but was you, were, you were you were tall. I remember you being tall. Like you were you were tall, so you were absolutely a presence. Um, but but just just the and and just especially you brought up the, the critical thing that goes into playing like a center midfield role, right? I mean, you you're the one stringing everything together, right? And and as someone that that obviously I, I shifted around positions throughout my career, but as someone who kind of grew up as like a like a classic number ten. You know, there, there's there's so much that goes into it when you're thinking just left, right, and 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 you're looking. Once the ball comes to you, you already know have to know what's around you, and and you know, like even talked about like the weight of the passes, which I love. You know, that's just like <laughs> you gotta really, you gotta really like love the game and know the game to be like talking about like the weight of the passes, right? And like <laughs> like the speed of your wingers, and like that's that's knowing your players, and that's just like knowing like like the game overall. So, um, you know, not to get too technical, but I just I just. No, that's cool. That. I love and, that. And honestly, like to 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 really to it, the the best times that I enjoyed playing were actually with you know a high level player. So on on the Long Island Rough Riders team that I played with, it was it was me, Tyler Arnone on one side. I had Dom, a Jimmy Nealis on the other side, and all of those guys were were such good thinkers of the game and such good players that. Uh, it allowed it allowed a player like me to have more freedom, more creativity to play in and out of these guys, and that like made me fall back in love with the game. At the time, I was probably around twenty one, twenty two, and that was like post college, or like right around towards the end of college, and some of the best times and just memories, man. Memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I love that. I'm like, I feel like I'm ready to like. I don't know. Just hop into a like a pickup game right now. Yeah, five v five. Throw me in. Throw me in center mid. I need some. I need some outside the foot passes. I need just like. <laughs> hey, listen. No, man, if you try to start a league, bro. I'm in. Come in. <laughs> no, it's a real like you know. I think, Adrian, I can tell you. You know your your love for the game, your understanding of the game, um, and and you know, and that kind of brings us back full circle to 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 what got you in the game and 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 your dad's influence, right? Being being an, an Italian immigrant and, and just that that understanding of the game, right, where it goes beyond winning and losing, it's it's a real uh, understanding passion. And, yeah. and passion, and um, you know, almost like 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 the, like a study of the game, you know, like that's I, my my dad always used to say that, you know, we're not going to watch the game to watch the game. He's like, I want to be a student of the game, and I always I always connected with that, and that's how I always viewed soccer, and I could tell that you you kind of view that in the same way. So that's great. I might be one of the worst people to watch a game with because I am just <laughs> I don't shut up, man. I am critiquing everything. I I'm either silent for ten minutes, and then you'll just hear me just start cursing at, at something that I, I'm just so unhappy about that some player did. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty funny, man. But I'm I'm always always be a student of the game. Always yeah. will be, and I think that will never leave. I grew up watching the Serie A. It was a very tactical game, and us being a student of a league like that, especially when it was in its heyday, you know, it it brings a different outlook to the game than. 
you know, some other players who grew up watching the English Premier League or, you know, La Liga or the Bundesliga. It's all different. It's all different styles of the game. It's all different thoughts about the game. And it's a, uh, it's amazing to see an eclectic, uh, an eclectic taste of the game come, come together in the United States. And, and that's what I think can make the United, the United States actually a pretty decent team going forward. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, John, I think that's a that's a great point to hold it off. I feel like I could talk to you for another hour. Just on, like I would love to I would love to watch a game with you. I feel like you know, just be critiquing everything like we got the re, we got like rewind on, you know, on blast just <laughs> critiquing every little thing. So um, but listen, man, um, really appreciate it, just just your honesty and, and, and having you on to, to, to tell your story. You know, you definitely you know, went through some some serious trials and tribulations, and and um, you know, um, obviously, you know, glad to hear that that everything is is I mean is is working out for you now, and you know, you're recently married, so congrats again. Thank um, you, thank you. And uh, and yeah, man, just just really appreciate you one coming on the podcast to, to talk, but even before that, just just reaching out to me and 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 uh, and and just asking to, to to be on. You know, I think you you know you first mentioned that man, I would love to be on. I'm listening to your episodes. Like, you know, I'd love to just tell my story. And and I really appreciate that because I think everyone's story is so different, so unique. And and all this stuff can can really, can really help, I think, a lot of athletes um, either in the game or out of the game now. So um, really appreciate you, just, your just willingness, man. Yeah, and honestly, I'm just very grateful to be able to have an opportunity to kind of, you know, to, to have this catharsis of of thoughts you know what i mean to feel this catharsis and it, it is it is an important conversation that you're starting and uh I, I wish you absolutely nothing but the best uh with this and and if you ever need people I, i'm sure i can talk to some people who might have unique stories as well so yeah definitely definitely well adriana it's been real man um gotta catch a game of pickup with you soon um but i uh, really appreciate man. you having on <laughs> and uh and uh listen man uh we'll talk soon all right thanks Greg. <laughs>